Welcome to another episode of Breaking into Cybersecurity, where we chronicle the stories of individuals who have broken into the field within the past couple of years, and you're sharing their experiences as a role model for others looking to follow in their footsteps. Today, we have Frank P., who is joining us as a former um, Leo, if I remember correctly, law enforcement officer who I've been following his his transition over the, the past couple of years. And I'm, I'm proud that, that, that he finally got here because um, we've been, uh, he's been part of the whole cyber human initiative and we've been help, helping him with his transition and he's finally here. So uh, first of all, congratulations for getting here, um, Thank you. Frank. And t tell us about yourself first, like, um, What's your background, and then why why were you interested in coming to tech and cyber? Okay, um, yeah, like you mentioned, I was a police officer for sixteen years. Um, kind of did a little bit of everything from uniform and patrol, which is kind of what everybody thinks of as a police officer. Um, I did that. Uh, then I moved into the violent crime section and did a lot of undercover work, uh, mixture of undercover and uniform work, uh, buying drugs, controlling confidential informants, things like that. Um, and that was kind of rough on the family. So I've moved into investigations um, and worked in investigations for about just shy of 10 years. Um, anything from robberies, burglaries, auto thefts, scrap metal, you name it, I kind of investigated it. Um, and I'd kind of always been, I guess, a quote unquote tech nerd. Um, even from a kid, I always was taking things apart, trying to figure out, but never thought that I could turn it into a career. Um, I loved my law enforcement career. Unfortunately, uh, I've had two shoulder surgeries, two hip surgeries. Uh, my body didn't love it anymore. So I knew it was time to start looking, um, but I had no idea what what to do. Uh, luckily, I had a good friend that was literally just transitioning from law enforcement also into cybersecurity as a SOC analyst. And I'm like, wait a second, I can do that. Um, so I started going to get my associate's degree and, and really started working with whole cyber. Um, and well, before you jump into that, let's <laughs> let's kind of dissect the things you did in law enforcement that would align with what you wanted to do in in, in cybersecurity. Because I, I think for all the Leos out there or all the military police out there there's transferable skills that you, you could take from the role and bring into your new career. So uh, let's talk about some of the things you did over your, your many years of service that relate to this field. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things is that investigative background. Um, that's huge in cybersecurity, especially uh, blue team SOC analyst. That's we're kind of doing the same thing. It's just a different way to go about it. Um, in the investigative unit at the police department, I was investigating violent crimes, things like that. 
now moving into a SOC analyst role, I'm investigating alerts, but that mindset is still the same. It's still searching for information. Um, that's probably the one of the biggest things um, for me that I've found is when I first started and I just left law enforcement in March of uh, March of this year, um, I may not have had some of the background, the tech background that other people had, um, but I had that investigative knowledge and that that drive to find the who, what, when and where and why. And I think that is a hugely transferable skill. And what were like, I'm guessing you had to investigate phone or impersonations or stockings like from those what were some of the the, the cyber crime investigations that you might have done that now you can say oh i did that when i was a leo and i know how to do that already you're right especially with phones um i mean that's just like with everyday people. I mean, criminals communicate with their phones. And a lot of that was getting search warrants for phones and really diving in to see what messages, what photos they had, where were the photos taken? Does that link up to, hey, wait a second, they're wearing the shoes that my victim had stolen from them at gunpoint? Um, Things like that. That was that was huge. Um, and you talk about uh, kind of impersonation and everything, and it's a, a little different topic, but it, um, my time in violent crimes, a lot of what I did was social engineering. Um, I was playing the role of someone purchasing drugs from a drug dealer. That was all social engineering. And that goes into now helping, um, even though I'm a SOC analyst, helping with the, the red team activities. Um, helping them out because I've got that background. I'm comfortable calling a company XYZ and posing as someone that I'm not to get them to release credentials that maybe they shouldn't release. Nice, nice. So you decided that you wanted to go into cybersecurity. What were some of the the struggles you, you felt that you were up against as you decide to make this career transition? I think one of the biggest things was um, not having any certifications and really trying to figure out how to translate the skills that I did have into the cybersecurity world. Um, Like I said, I had the background in investigations, but it was putting that into a way that hiring managers would understand and not just look at me like, well, yeah, this guy was a, a police officer for 16 years, but that doesn't really help out what we need. Um, and he doesn't have any certifications when in reality, it's like um, networking with some people really learned, hey, wait a second, I do have transferable skills. I have chain of custody stuff, which comes into digital forensics. Um I don't have necessarily the experience in that, but um, chain of custody is chain of custody. It's going to be the same no matter where you go. It might be, you know, there might be some little niche things that you have to deal with. But I mean, being able to present stuff in court, um, things like that is was huge. And just trying to get 
take that from what I knew how to do and put that into, you know, the quote unquote civilian world. And you, you mentioned that you started going for your associates. So uh, as a Leo, did, did you have any degrees at the time? I did not. Um, I kind of, you know, typical rebellious kid when I was younger. Um, I had free tuition through a, a local university where I was at because my stepmom worked there. Um, wasn't really sure. I kind of bounced around from different majors to different majors and then finally just kind of stopped going. Um, so when I started the, the degree path, it was kind of a twofold thing. It was one, I knew my law enforcement career was coming to an end and I wanted to do it for myself because I wanted to prove that, hey, yeah, I kind of messed around when I was younger, but I can do this. I can get a degree. And I'm, I'm proud to say that uh, as of this year, I did graduate with my associate's degree. Thank nice. you. Congratulations. Thank I, you. I, I know some of the struggles are when transitioning is, do they have a degree? Do they have certifications? And sometimes even a, an associate's degree becomes questionable because the organization sets the degree requirement at a bachelor's. Uh, did you run into any of that when you were interviewing or um, doing your transition? I did quite a few times. Um, quite a few times it was, you know, you kind of get the thanks, but no thanks. You don't meet our qualifications. Um, other times there were, I guess, recruiters that would reach out to me. And and the way I do was in my law enforcement career is the way I am in, you know, quote unquote, civilian life is I'm not going to try to act like I'm something that I'm not. So I would tell recruiters flat out that, hey, listen, I don't know that I have the technical experience that that you're looking for. I am completing stuff. I'm working on things. But um, and I can remember one instance very clearly the recruiter was like, oh, no, you're perfect. You're exactly what we're looking for. And then they never called me back. <laughs> I'm like, I, I told you that I wasn't what you were looking for, but. Well, I, I think sometimes that's that's a little bit of that imposter syndrome that kicks in. I mean, like you mentioned, you have you have the transferable skills. You, at this point, you are a cybersecurity professional. You just don't have it in the different ways that they might be looking for, like you mentioned. Um, but I think it's important for individuals to both be honest with themselves as to where they are, but don't don't vote themselves down either. Uh, and um, you, you mentioned that you were part of the whole Cyberhuman Initiative and Paul Cummings is part of that organization as well. And from time to time, I'll have to remind him as well. I'm like, don't don't vote yourself down, dude. Um, you, you you have lots of skills. So um, tell us about your journey there with the whole Cyberhuman Initiative and how that helped you. Honestly, I mean, I owe it to whole cyber and and Paul for where I'm at. I would have never gotten the position that I'm in without him. Um, and it's kind of a, a funny story. Um, I connected with him through another friend of mine that, I, like I said, was transitioning also. And um, we spoke a couple times, uh, liked what he was was doing at the whole cyber human initiative. So I, I jumped in um, and 
really enjoyed the pathway of what I've completed so far. And like I said, Paul was, I credit Paul to me where I'm at because it was all him seeing a LinkedIn post from a, a former law enforcement officer. Um, he reached out to me and said, Hey, you might want to talk to this guy and, and read his story about how he transitioned. And, you know, the rest is history. Here I am now, like you said, a cybersecurity professional. And without Paul initially making that post saying, Hey, check this guy out. I, I, I wouldn't have this position. I wouldn't have even known about the position that I'm in. Hey, Nick. We have, we have Nick commenting on YouTube. Nick, thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, Frank's on, um, sharing his story. And Nick's another individual that's um, helping out with the whole Cyberhuman initiative. And t tell us about like what was the process like to go through that? Because I I know we we set up an assessment in the beginning. How did that uh, assessment that that you did? Um, help you find what you were looking to do? I think it was huge. I knew, I knew that my background fit, you know, kind of digital forensics um, type of pathway, but being able to complete the assessment, it kind of showed me, okay, yeah, your background may be in this, but what are you really interested in? Are you more interested in digital forensics or are you looking to go more red team? Um, I think red team activities are, are awesome. I still young in my career. Will I be red team one day? Eh, maybe, I don't know. Um, I'm enjoying the blue team stuff. I think that fits my background. Um, and like I said, it wasn't like I left law enforcement because I just don't like doing this anymore. Um, it was more of a, a, a physical thing and, and there's, you know, a lot of other stuff that goes in with that, too. Um, but, but, you know, I can't uh, completing the assessment, like I said, really lets you know, what are you interested in? What do you like? And where do your skills fit? That way you can kind of match all of that up together and not just, oh, well, I've got a background in investigation, so I have to go blue team. Well, maybe you will, maybe you won't. And then from there, like, what, what sort of training did you complete to help complete your path? And what did you or did you not like about um, the approach that was used? I think one of the biggest things with the approach is the, the, the free resources. It's not one of these, you know, pay $10,000 for this four week course. And we guarantee you're, you know, you're going to pass this certification. And I've heard you talk about it before. Certifications are great. I would never knock a certification, but you have to pursue it for the right reason. You have to pursue it for the knowledge and not just the paper. Where with the whole cyber pathway, I feel like I can pursue the knowledge um, and not be stressed or worried about, oh, I, ha I have to pass this two-hour multiple-choice test to, to get this piece of paper that that hiring managers want. I can really focus on learning what I'd need to learn and then putting that into um, what I do. How can I transition what I'm learning into 
um, what I'm going to need for my job. Like a perfect example is, you know, like the miter attack stuff. How can I learn that and then now utilize that as a skill set for my career? Wow. Yeah, that, that's those are some great examples. And w- which of the areas of the studying that you had to do of the uh, resources that you were provided, you, you feel clicked the most with you? And um, were there any that you struggled with? Um, some of the uh, more industrial stuff was kind of dry. And it was kind of like, I definitely don't think I want to go into this area. Um, okay. But I really enjoyed uh, the miter attack stuff. Um, that was really interesting. And I learned a lot about different things on MITRE's website that I didn't even know existed. I knew what MITRE attack was. I knew it was there. I knew they had a site, but there were different things on there. I'm like, I didn't know they had that accessible for me to look at. Yeah, there's a lot of hidden gems there. Um, Paul shouts out and says, how do you feel to be a candidate hired with only completing 50% of the pipeline? Uh, it feels unbelievable. Um, and like I said before, I think you hopped on, Paul. I, uh, I owe it all to, to you, honestly, for making that uh, LinkedIn post about, hey, you might want to check out this former uh, law enforcement officer's uh, story and how he moved from a, a, a very high-ranking position as an assistant police chief um, into the cybersecurity world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that we didn't mention yet about the whole Cyberhuman initiative is the whole community that's behind it. There's a, a whole Discord channel that's there to provide support and guidance. And then for individuals that complete the whole pipeline, um, myself, Paul, Leah, we offer coaching and mentorship to help them with their digital branding. Uh, their interview skills. Um, Frank obviously didn't need that. He's crushing it, um, but just kind of highlighting that for for folks that are interested. Um, but back to you, Frank. Um, when it came to interviewing, what was it like interviewing for 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 these roles? And how many roles did you apply for before um, you got this one? If you don't mind sharing. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I probably applied for at least 20 to 30 roles. Um, only interviewed maybe six of those roles. Um, it was it was tough. Um, I, I can remember actually having a, a conversation with Paul before my last interview um, where I, I actually got hired. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm interviewing with the CEO of this this company i was like i don't know what to expect is this a culture fit is this is he gonna grill me on questions i don't know what to do i've never made it this far um and it was great talking to paul and another uh one of the whole cyber candidates jeff fields um it really put me at ease um about what to prepare for and what to know but interviews interviews were tough and i think one of the tough things too is a virtual interview um you I, I love and I work remotely. I love working remotely. I couldn't imagine having to go into an office to work. But on an interview, you do lose some of that way to make a connection. And that can make it make it tough. But um, it was really 
like I said, one of the biggest things was uh, Jeremiah Parker um, working with him and really got to show me, hey, these are the skill sets that you have. You need to you need to bring those up during the interviews, um, you know, because every interview you always get time to talk about yourself. And it's not just the whole technical aspect. And there there is technical aspect. Um, but being able to bring up those points of what was in my background, what I have done, I think that was huge. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, those things that you do to build rapport in person may not be there virtually, but you can still do some of the same research to find out who you're interviewing with, maybe if you have subjects in common, and finding that rapport there. But but I tell you, Frank, inter or applying only thirty places, that's that's considerably low to some of the numbers I've heard before, um, where some people apply at hundreds of places. So um, it, it sounds like you you narrowed down your scope to where you wanted to to work at or the types of jobs that you wanted to do before you even went on applying. Um, was that the case? It was. I knew, um, and you see and hear it a lot, um, but I knew SOC analyst was a, a, a good role for me with my background. And I know that as a SOC analyst, that is a good, that's a good, you know, quote unquote, entry level role for someone to transition or break into cybersecurity. I know there's a lot of people going for that role, so it's extremely competitive. Um but if you do have a little bit of technical knowledge, you have a little bit of a background in, let's say you are a, a law enforcement um, and you've got some investigative skills, I think that's a, a perfect role to get into. And Paul asked, if you could go back to, to before your last interview, what would you tell yourself going into it? That's a good question. Um, just be confident. If you don't know, and and I strive by this with even in my current role when I was in law enforcement, if you don't know, you don't know. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I don't know what that the answer to that is, but I'll find out. Um, I know I did that um, on my interviews with where I'm at now. Uh, there were a couple questions. I'm like, honestly, I just I don't know the answer to that question. I'll look it up and I will find out the answer to the question. But don't be afraid to say you don't know. In cybersecurity, in law enforcement, you're never going to have all of the answers. That's what's great about roles like this is having an amazing team that I work with. Um, if I don't know something or something, hey, this just doesn't look right. Am I reading? Am I interpreting this data right? Yeah, you're right on track. You, that's that's how I interpret it, too. That's that's huge because don't be afraid to ask. Um and if you don't know, like I said, you don't know. Don't be afraid to say that that you don't know. So in in preparing yourself for the SOC analyst role, you mentioned some of the MITRE training. But what do you feel was like the most important training for you to fill any gaps that you felt that you had uh, to prepare yourself for the, for the SOC analyst role? Probably one of the biggest things was just uh, working with a, a, my good friend that was in a, a SOC analyst role at the time. Like I said, he had just left law enforcement. So kind of 
talking with him like, hey, what do these things look like when they, an alert comes through? Now, granted, I know that's going to be different depending on what product you're using, whether you're using uh, Splunk or Alien Vault or whatever it may be. Um, but really working with him and kind of talking to him like, what does this look like? What, what kind of alerts even generate for a, a given company? Oh, well, you know, there's user creations as a, as a prime example. Okay, well, if a user's created, um, you know, a prime example would be, do you have access? What do you have access to in that company um, to be able to verify that that user creation? So it's it was a lot of working with him, kind of seeing what he was going through um, and just kind of honestly brushing up on some networking stuff, uh, learning some about networking, which is not one of my strongest suits. Um, but that and kind of, like I said, talking to him and saying, hey, what type of alert would come through? And then looking at that with my law enforcement background, okay, how would I investigate this um, if it was, you know, a law enforcement crime. Okay, well, I would start at point A and move my way through this and see where that leads me. And that's kind of what I've been able to do with transitioning into the career. Well, that that's such a great point. I, I think oftentimes people overlook the the informational interview or the what does a day in the life of style interview with people that are in the role because you you might find out that you love the role or just sitting and looking at logs all day you're like nah this isn't gonna work for me (laughs) (laughs) but um here's a good question um did networking and having the skills with terry griffin help expand your investigation background to help you build a five-year plan I think it did. And I'm still working on my, what I want my five-year plan to be. Um, And I know it's going to probably change a hundred times in those five years. Um, Just because I'm so new and I'm trying to absorb so much information and all the information I can. um, I love being able to help our our red team out with some of their stuff. Like I mentioned before, the social engineering. Um, So I like kind of getting that little bit of taste of there. And I think that's one of the great things about the company that I'm with is that they really promote, what are you interested in? I know this is your role, your role as a SOC analyst, this is your primary duties, but what do you have interested in? Do you want to help the red team out? Do you want to help the, the defer team out? Are you looking more to move into to management? If so, let's, let's foster where you want to go. Do you want to stay blue team and eventually move up to a level three? Um, they're great about fostering that. And I see one of the comments from uh, from Paul about working with uh, uh, Ryan. And uh, yeah, I, Ryan is unbelievably awesome. Ryan is probably one of my best friends, even though we've only met uh, personally once, uh, everything's, uh, remote, but, um, he is such a wealth of knowledge and he has really shaped, um, where I'm at right now with, with the company. And he's, he's always my go-to, Hey, 
am I, am I, like I said, am I looking at this right? Am I reading this correctly or am I missing something? Um, and he's great because he won't just say, yeah, you're missing something. This is what it is. It'll be, um, well, where else do you think this could lead you? And it's like, uh, well, what about this? And he's like, that might be a path to look at. So he doesn't give you the answer, but he kind of nudges you in the right direction. That way you're learning and still accomplishing it on your own. Now, granted, if it's something, hey, this doesn't look right and it's something really bad. Yeah, now it's time to for him to jump in all hands on deck and, and figure out what's going on. So let's kind of take a step back. Put yourself in your 20, 20, 25 year old shoes. What advice would you give yourself? Don't go into law enforcement, go into to, <laughs> to cybersecurity. Um, no, I definitely would. I mean, that that's kind of joking, kind of serious. But like I said, when I was younger, I never thought that you could make a career out of out of IT or cybersecurity. Um so I think that would have definitely been something I would have pursued in college a lot earlier. And um, I don't know where that would have led. Would I still become a police officer? Eh, probably. Um, I, I think that it's a perfect transition. Um, and I love the skills that I've gained from from law enforcement. But I definitely would have pursued um, IT or cybersecurity significantly earlier. Wow. Well, Frank, thank you for coming on, sharing your journey and making yourself a role model for others that are looking to do that transition themselves. Thank you all in the audience for joining us on YouTube, on LinkedIn, and for sharing your comments along the way. Uh, Frank's LinkedIn is in the show descriptions if you want to connect with him. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit that notification button. And after the fact, Share us with your friends and family. We need uh, diverse people coming into this field from all different backgrounds. We need different frames of mind, of thinking, of background to solve the complex problems of tomorrow. So all, thank you very much and have a great day. Thank you.